Welcome to the Adventure Church Podcast. We're so glad you're here. Pastor CJ is starting his new sermon series today called The Power of One. One of the loneliest numbers is when we stand alone. Have you noticed that the enemy often attacks when we are alone? We were designed to do life together. Instead of standing alone, let's unite together and make Christ known. We hope you enjoy this message. I'm gonna, this is kind of the intro to where we're going for the next few weeks. I call this the power of one, part one, if you want to put down there the intro. But how many of you know, one of the loneliest numbers is when we stand alone. One of the loneliest numbers when we stands alone, right? One, when it stands alone. How many of you know that one is the loneliest number? Obviously, you heard the song. One is the loneliest number. Another one is this. The One means it's you, yourself, and I. How many of you know that's true? One. You, yourself, and I. That sounds like a big number. One. How many of you remember the day when I, I don't know about you, but when I was a kid, I hated being home by myself. I hated being home by myself because, you know what? Every time that I was home by myself, it never seemed to fail that the creaks in the house got louder. How many of you know what I'm talking about, right? I mean, it always seems like the dogs were barking around the neighborhood for some reason or another, or the cop sirens were always going by the house. But one way or another, or some way or another, it always something seemed to happen, and it made me get scared. But when all my six sisters and my brother are home, I felt powerful, big, and strong. Hey, man, invincible. But when you're always by yourself, sometimes that's when the enemy loves to attack the most. That's when the enemy loves to attack you, you attacks your mind. How many of you know that everywhere that the enemy loves to attack first and foremost is your mind because your mind creates a thought. The thought is a seed. The seed produces a tree. The tree produces the fruit. So what happens, everything that goes from here goes into the heart and out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. So the enemy loves to attack you a lot of times when you're out by yourself. When does the enemy love to attack you and tempt you a lot of times is when you're by yourself. When you're home by yourself, maybe he attacks you with things on the computer or different things. He loves to attack you when you're by yourself. But how many of you know there's strength in numbers? When you have strength in numbers, when you have people around you to surround you, to make you accountable, to be your accountability partner, to be to encourage you, just like Aaron and her were to Moses. They were there to lift his arms up when he was losing the battle. And once his arms were lifted up, his, they were winning the battle. And that's the importance of the, a team. But if you look at this, one can be the loneliest number, but also the strongest number when people come together as one. How many of you know that's true? When we come together as one. It says this, one team, one body, and one family of believers. I love this next one. When a body of people come together as one, there is unlimited possibilities. How many of you know that's true? I don't know about you, but the other day, the reason why I, man, my foot, it's a good thing I didn't smash the toenail, but I smashed above the toenail, so I don't think I'm going to lose my toenail, thank you, Jesus, amen? But I, but now it looks like I got a, a, a Sasquatch foot. If, you, if I take my shoe off, my, my big toe, it's not a little pig. It's a big pig went to market now, right? Because I smashed it, right? And uh, but, but the key is, is that Andrew and I, I could not lift those pews by myself. But it took Andrew and I and Andy and others to lift those pews. But when we all worked together, and then, of course, with Jeff and Zach and Ben, when we all worked together, we were able to accomplish much. Because you know what? We were working together, not against each other, but working with each other. And because we were working with each other, we were able to accomplish much. 
I love sports. Obviously, you know, I grew up with sports and playing sports all my life. But, you know, one of the key things about sports is that everybody has to be on the same page. They have to be on the same page. They know what the, they're doing in the play. If the play is like, like in football, I'll never forget we were running a play uh, to the right, and I was under, under snap. I was the quarterback, and we were running the play to the right. It was a 34 dive to the right. What that means is a two-hole, the four-hole, and the running back was supposed to go through the four-hole. We were supposed to pull the guards right. Well, this, uh, the, the tackle right next to the center, didn't hear the play. And because he didn't hear the play and he wasn't on board and we weren't in sync together, him, instead of going right, went left. And me being under center with the, with the center there, he even moved on the wrong snap count. He moved on two instead of three. And what happened was because he was going the wrong way and moved on the wrong snap count, he snapped all right, the, the center's knee. I mean, he snapped it, that it became a compound fracture. And I'll never forget, as I was under center of this uh, of the quarterback, under center, that knee popped, and the bone came out of the skin, and it was a compound fracture. And I mean to tell you, it was because we weren't in sync together, going the same way together, and when one bad apple can spoil the whole bunch. And so what happened was, boom, took his knee out. The center was on the field, man, for almost 45 minutes, waiting for the ambulance. They put an air cast on him. Man, guess what happened to me? I couldn't play quarterback for the rest of that game because I'm a paranoid Floyd of blood, amen? But my point is that when you work together, there's unlimited possibilities that what a church can do. You see, listen, one means no big eyes or little use. No big eyes or little use. There's no big eyes like, look at me and man, you are just something but small potato. No, we're all equal in the eyes of God because we are a team. You know, I always say that if when I played basketball, I was a shooter. But if, if I didn't have a point guard that passed me the ball when I was open or come off a pick when I was open, man, guess what? I wouldn't have ever had the ball or I never would have got open if somebody would have never set a screen for me. Now, listen, I may have scored the, the, the basket and may have got cheered more, but you know what? It was the guy that set the pick that made me get open. But it doesn't seem like he's as valuable as me shooting the ball. Yes, he's as valuable as me as shooting the ball and making the basket because he's the one that made it happen. He's the one that got me open. You see, sometimes in being one doesn't mean that you have to be the lead or always the head, but we blend together and we work together as a team. What happens as a church, if you look in the book of Acts, they work together as a team. Man, they work together. They love one another. They sacrifice for one another. They gave towards one another. And guess what? The church was added to 3,000, 5,000 daily because they're all in one accord. Speaking of one accord, I need to take an intermission break today because I didn't want to do it earlier because now I want to. Where is Molly at? Molly, where are you at? Molly, stand. And where's Deb at today? Deb, stand. Deb, Deb, where are you at? Deb and Murray, they must be out. Happy birthday to you. You may sit down. Amen. It's your birthday. Amen. It's your birthday. You don't know none of that. You don't know none of that. Amen. Amen. I did that just for you, Mom. Amen. Right? But uh, anyways, but how many of you know you got to be in one accord? You got to be in one accord. Listen, it says no little eyes, but one team working together with the force of many. Working together with the force of many. And one of my desires is that through this series of calling one is the loneliest number, but one working together as a team, that we can accomplish much 
by working together. I love this. It says, one of the greatest joys, now get this, one of the greatest joys that can come to an individual, to an individual, which is you and I, is when you're doing something to help others. That when we're doing something to help others, all through our lives, Cheryl and I, we've been now, it's kind of crazy when Cheryl shared her testimony on Wednesday. We've been in ministry now 39 years. Holy cow. That's freaky, man. I can't even imagine that. And just to think, 39 years ago, I had no clue what a youth group was, Levi. I had no clue how to run a youth group. I had no clue how to even do a sermon. Still don't know how to do a sermon. But, I, yeah, I, I had no clue. But as I grew in time, man, God began to help me. But I look at it through those 39 years of how many people that we were able to help. We are able to bless or do things for and so on. And you know what? A lot of times what happens is we sacrifice or we gave to them, whether it be our talents or just our time or giving them a listening ear or our resources, but we were able to give towards them. And I'll tell you one thing. You know, I brought many things. How many know that we got a lot of stuff in our house? So many of us could be hoarders, right? Amen? We could be hoarders. We can have a lot of things. But you know what? A lot of those things that we buy are only temporary. I remember as a kid, how many remember as a kid when you got something under the Christmas tree and you were all excited about that thing that you got under the Christmas tree? And you couldn't wait to get it open, and once you got it, you played with it for three weeks, maybe even a month, but after that, guess what? It was in the closet. And it just kind of went away. And the next month, that when the summer came, guess where it was? It was on a table outside in a garage sale. How many know what I'm talking about? It was a temporary fix. But thinking back when Cheryl shared that about being in the ministry for 39 years, I look back at the times when Cheryl and I, when we were able to help people. And you know what stands out to me more than anything else? It's not about all the gifts that I received through the years of my life, but it's all the things that Cheryl and I did that made an impact in people's lives. I remember the smiles, I remember the tears, I remember the joy in which Cheryl and I were able to help other people now through the years of ministry. And the key thing about happiness in life is that when we help one another out, and we're not looking for I, but we're looking for others. And that's why Acts chapter 20, verse 35 says this, and I love what Paul is saying here. He says these words, he says, in everything I did. Now watch what he's saying, he's showing himself in everything I did. What about you put yourself in everything you did? I showed you that by this kind of hard work, we must help the weak. In other words, his eye was not on himself, but it was on the needs of others. That's why Jesus said he left the 99 and went after the one because he saw the needs of others. People always say, Pastor, when I travel around and I do a lot of leadership stuff, people always say, well, Pastor, how do you build a church and how do you do this and how do you do that? And I always say this, and remember this statement, find a need, find a need, and fill it. You see, you got to find a need and fill it. When you as family members, as a husband of your household or mom of your household or however that may be, what is the greatest thing that you need to find in your family? Finding needs and filling it. Find the need and fill it. And when you find the need and fill it, guess what? You become the hero because you fill the need on which you had in your family. That's what it's all about, finding needs and filling it. And so what Paul did, he found the need of the weak, the weak 
God, they have less fortunate. They, they are weak. They're not as strong. They're maybe not as confident. They're maybe not outgoing. They're maybe not financially stable and all these things. Paul found the weak. But then he said this, remembering the words of the Lord. He said, watch, Jesus himself said, it is more blessed to give than it is to receive. What do you mean it is more blessed to give than it is to receive? What Jesus is saying, he says, I didn't come into the world to be served, but to serve and give my life as a ransom for many, Mark 10, 45. In other words, Jesus said, hey, I come to give of myself. After all, isn't that how this all came about? God so loved the world that he gave. God has been in the business of giving ever since the beginning of time. And what God wants us to do is to give to one another. And when you say give to one another, God, are you talking about your resources? No, I'm talking about just who you are. You know, there's people in this room today that I know for certain that have come to me in counseling sessions and so on, and here's some of the words that they say. Pastor, I have no friends. Pastor, nobody ever invites me out. Pastor, why am I never included? And so a lot of times there's people that are saying that they're lonely and they're the one lonely number all by themselves. But we need to be a church that's a family, that when the family is not together, we recognize when one person is gone or this person is gone, and we reach out to them and say, hey, listen, where you been? I miss you. Hey, I want to encourage you. Is there anything that we can do for you? Hey, I want to help you out. Put your arm around them and say, hey, I love you. You see, one of the greatest things that you can say you can have, that all of us have, the Bible says there's different gifts, gifts of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, that's the fruit of the Spirit. But then he says that God gives according to who he wills to give, the gifts of the Spirit. And one of the gifts of the Spirit is encouragement. You know that encouragement costs nothing, but it creates much. How many of you like to be encouraged? I don't know about you, but my wife, man, she is the biggest cheerleader for me. A lot of times when you go through ministries, you have a lot of highs and you have a lot of lows. And I feel like David walking through some valleys sometimes of life. But if I didn't have my wife to encourage me, guess what? I probably would have quit so many, many years ago. But it was an encourager like my wife. You see, what we can do as a church is we can encourage one another. That's part of giving. It doesn't cost you much, but it creates joy, hope, and peace, and purpose in someone else's life. That's what it's all about, being one. You see, listen, I love this. You see, in Philippians chapter 2, Jesus showed us about himself. Here he was God, the Son of God, and yet what he did, he gave of himself. In Philippians chapter 2, I love this. In your relationship with one another, had the same mindset as Christ Jesus. Had the same mindset as Christ Jesus. You're talking about being like the Lord? That's why it says in 1 John 2, 6, he who claims he lives in him, which we all do, right? We claim we live in him, must walk as Jesus did. You see, listen, it's easy to talk to talk, but it's harder to walk to walk. And sometimes walking it out and doing the things that God calls us to do, man, that causes sacrifice, that causes commitment, that causes maybe surrendering and giving up things. It's easy to talk to talk, but it's harder to walk to walk. So we have to have the same mindset of Jesus. So what is the mindset of Jesus? He says, who being in the very nature of God, who had everything, 
everything at his fingertips, being the very nature of God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. In other words, even though I was there at the pinnacle of my life, had everything at the fingertips that I needed, but look what he chose to do. Go ahead. He said, rather, he made himself nothing. In other words, he gave up everything for the sake of you. See, I always say people don't care how much you know. They want to know how much you care. People know if you're genuine, are you willing to go the extra mile? Are you willing to sacrifice? That's what people want to see in our lives. That's what people should see in the church. I love this. He said, by taking the very nature of a servant. What is a servant's role? Is to serve. It's to serve, to help, to be able to be prepared to help out in any needs, to finding the need and filling it. That's what Jesus did. Then he goes on to say, being in, made in, the, in human likeness, just like you and I, being made in human likeness and being found in appearance as a man, look at what he said, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on the cross. Wow. You see, the Bible says if you humble yourself in the sight of the Lord, he will do what? He will lift you up. You see, humbling yourself, saying, God, I surrender to you. It's not having my way or the highway, but God, it's taking on your appearance, your mindset, your likeness, God, and I'm going to humble myself. Where you lead me, I will follow. And then he goes on to say in these next verses, look at this. Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name. Notice what happened. Look at what happened. He was exalted. God, get this. He was exalted by his giving. If you want to be exalted into the kingdom of God, it's not what you have, it's what you give. It's giving of yourself, it's giving of your time, it's giving of your energy, it's giving of your love, it's giving of your encouragement, it's giving of your hope. He was exalted not by what he had, because that's the Hollywood viewpoint. Man, the more you have, the more bigger star you're going to be. It wasn't by what he had, it's what he gave. And I'll still remember, man, times that, and I, I remember Cheryl and I in Colorado when we were pastoring there, and there was a family that came to our home, and they were in desperate need. Their fireplace had just went to pot on them, just messed up, and they didn't have any resources. And I'll never forget this, and I'm not saying this to toot my horn. Please don't take it this way. And so Cheryl and I, we felt like, man, we're going we're gonna to take care of this couple. And so we went out, and we allowed them to go out and buy whatever fireplace they wanted. It was a potbelly stove kind of thing with a stove pipe. It wasn't one of the inserts that you had into your fireplace. And they went out to Menards, and I'll never forget this, and they brought the fireplace of their dreams. And yeah, it was more in, that we anticipated, but we made a commitment. And we brought them this fireplace, and we told them, hey, take it, and man, go for it. And I mean to tell you, I'll never forget Man, every time we saw that couple in church on Sunday, they had the biggest smile. You know why they had the biggest smile? Because we made an impact in their lives. And about two years later, I'm not kidding you, what you sow is what you reap. About two years later, my daughter was getting ready to graduate from high school. And as she was getting ready to graduate from high school, you understand what I'm talking about when I say this. They have to have graduation pictures. You have to get the graduation announcements. You have to get the gown. You have to get all these things, right? And that's a lot of expense. At that time, I, I didn't have the resources. And I'll never forget. I'll never forget this as long as I live. 
man, we are like, what are we going to do to pay for these resources? And how are we going to get up this money? All of a sudden, we had a knock at our door. And that very couple that we brought the fireplace for, guess what they did? They brought back every penny that they paid for, that we paid for, for that fireplace. And you know what was the cool thing about that? That Andy, every penny that they gave back to us was exactly what we needed to get all the stuff for my daughter's graduation. My point is, listen, you can't outgive God. And God's not talking about giving of your resources. He's talking about us being a church, rallying together, loving one another, sticking our necks out there, and not being a turtle that's hiding in the shell because a turtle never makes any stride until he sticks out his neck. He's talking about going forward, being a church of one, marching together to the same beat. I'll never forget, maybe you read this story. Some time ago in Wyoming, there was a young girl that was camping with her parents. And while she was, they were camping, the parents were doing their chores and setting up camp and all these kind of things, getting ready to go camping there, there in Wyoming. Well, the little girl wandered off. And I'll never forget this story. Maybe you read it. The little girl wandered off there in Wyoming at the campsite. And finally, the parents, when they were all done setting up their campsite and so on, they were looking for their little girl. Lo and behold, they scoured the camp, couldn't find the little girl anywhere. Panic ran through their man. It was just, man, crazy chaos. All of a sudden, they made an announcement on the PA system there in the camp. Hey, we're looking for this little girl, blah, 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 blah. No avail. They couldn't find this little girl. Until eventually, one of the people there in the camp that got together said, hey, Let's form a human chain. Let's form a human chain, and let's scour these fields, and let's go look for her. So what they did, everybody in that whole campgrounds, they're in Wyoming. They got together hand in hand, and they scoured the fields together. Walked one field, could not find her. Walked another field, side by side, hand in hand. The whole campgrounds, people that didn't even know each other, holding each other's hand. All of a sudden, they got to the fourth big old field. They got down to the end of the field, and all of a sudden, they hear a voice. Hey, we found her! And here, this little girl had wandered off in the fourth field. She crawled up under a tree and fell asleep. And what happened was, in the camp of people that they didn't know each other, there was a huge celebration. Why? Because the body accomplished something together. You see, listen, folks. There's strength in numbers when we're all in one accord. There's no limit to what we can do for the glory of God. And look what he said. That at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow in heaven and on earth and under earth. God said, hey, listen. And when you come together, I gave of myself. What will you be willing to do for the kingdom? You see, I always say this to my kids. And many of you know all three of my kids are in ministry. But I always tell my kids, CJ, Rick, Heidi, the greatest reward that you're going to receive is not here on planet Earth. But the greatest reward is going to be when you stand before Jesus and he's going to look up your name in the Lamb's book of life. He's either going to say, well done, thy good and faithful servant, good and faithful, faithful servant, 
or depart from me, I never knew you. And when you hear the words, well done, thy good and faithful servant, you're going to be able to walk into the pearly gates. And the moment you do, you're going to be placed on your head the crown of righteousness. And if you ever think about that crown, that crown is just not made up of gold, but it has rubies and gemstones and diamonds and all different things are in place within this crown. But every one of those rubies, diamonds, and gemstones represent a certain thing that you've done in your life. And every time when you get that on your head, Jesus is going to point it out. You see that gemstone? It's because you reached out and touched that individual's life. You see that ruby? It's because you reached out and touched her life. You see that diamond? It's because you reached out and touched that little one's life. Because Jesus takes account of everything you do as a servant here on planet Earth. And God says, you may not get rewarded here on planet Earth. But if you be faithful with the little things now, I will give you much when you get with me. And the rewards that you get with thief and moth doesn't break in and steal and corrupt but you're going to have eternal blessings, eternal blessings to remind you of a church that was faithful with the things of God. God wants us. See, listen, Jesus knew that people are looking for happiness and purpose of life. You see, all of us want to be happy. I thought this was kind of unique when I, when I read this about the, the Yale University. The most popular class in three-century history of Yale University is on happiness. Everybody is looking for happiness. I mean, you know that's true. Everyone is looking for happiness. I love what Jesus says in Luke chapter 2. It's the birth of Jesus, but look what he said. In Luke 2 verse 10, he said, But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news, good news that there will cause great joy for the people. What is that joy? Jesus came, Ephesians 3, verse 20. I come to give you life and life more abundantly. I come to do things exceedingly abundantly, more than you can even ask, fathom, or imagine. Why do you think that the Bible says in John 10, 10, that the devil comes to kill, rob, and destroy? Because that's his mission. But you ever think about what he kills, robs, and destroys? The first thing he wants to kill, rob, and destroy in your life is the place of purpose. The place of purpose. Where do I fit? Where do I belong? They say that every college student before they graduate changes its major five times because they're trying to find their purpose or their meaning in life. So the enemy tries to kill your purpose. But then you know what the other thing the enemy wants to do? Kill your joy. He wants to zap you of your, jo your joy, your happiness, your fulfillment, your purposes. Why do you think marriages are always breaking up? Because he's zapping the joy out of the marriages. He's zapping the happiness out of marriages. Why are kids doing some of the things that they're doing? Because they have not the joy that they fulfill them in life. So they're trying to find joy in other places of life. Right. So I come to kill, rob, and destroy. Let me ask you, what is he robbing from you? What's he robbing from you? Is he stealing your joy, your happiness? But Jesus, I've come. Watch what he says. I've come for each and every one of you, and God is not a respecter of person. Romans 2.11 says he doesn't show favoritism. But here's what he says, Andy. 
but I come. For you, Andy, for you, Mark, for you, Lisa, for you, birthday girl, Molly, I come, now watch what he says, to give you life. What does life encompass? Life encompasses joy, happiness, purpose, commitment, meaning, direction, and life. I come to give you joy, unspeakable, and full of glory. Why do you think he says in Nehemiah 10, he says, the joy, the joy of the Lord is your strength. Because see, listen, when you engage with the things of God, you can't help but overjoy with the things of God. And you can't help but be, live a life of joy and purpose. Why? Because joy lives in you. Listen to this. Happiness is everyone craves it. Happy people enjoy a higher odds of a stronger marriage, lower odds of divorce, and superior work performances with happy people. Because I'm happy, come along and then. You don't even know that, but happiness is the truth. Now you figured it out, right? Look at this. Studies indicate that happy people are more effective leaders than the Debbie Downers. What are the Debbie Downers? The Debbie Downers are, we're doomed. We're never make it. We're going under. You asked for it, you got it, Toyota. Right? What you say, what you reap. Listen, in the nine-year history of the Harris Poll Survey, Americans' happiness level was at a high index of 35%. Only 35% of the people said that they were happy. You know, you might be sitting next to someone today that maybe is not happy, maybe is not fulfilled in life. Listen, this, mean, this means that two out of three people have a cloud of grayness over their heads. We may look good on the outside. You look like that red, delicious apple. But on the inside, you're all bruised. You're sad. You're lonely. You're unhappy. You're unfulfilled. That's why it's important that we are encouragers. That's why the Bible says in, in, in Proverbs 18, 28, 8, 28, 18, that iron sharpens iron, so does one man sharpen another. I love this. Watch this. Check this out. The World Health Organization, years ago, years ago, forecasted that the year 2020, which is right now, the year 2020, depression would become the second leading cause of the disease worldwide. Wow. You know that there are top 10 countries in the world that use more uh, medications antidepressant medicines. You know what the number one country in the world that uses the most antidepressants, number one country in the world is France. France is the number one country in the world that uses more antidepressants than anyone else in the world. But you want to know the startling fact? Guess who's number two? We are. We are the number two second country in the world that uses more antidepressants. And I thought that that was kind of peculiar. You know why? Because we always say that we are blessed in the United States. Yesterday, Cheryl and I were watching 
the marathon that in Atlanta, did you, you guys watch that on the TV yesterday? They were running the marathon, the 26-mile marathon, and they were, three of them had to win, the first three that win, compete for the Olympics. It was so cool. We watched the guys, and the guys won, and so on and so forth. But really what stood out to me was the three ladies that won. It was so cool. They, they were unbelievable. One of the girls that came in second place, guess what she did? I look at you, Rhonda and Jeff. She worked at a coffee shop. And here she had a dream. She had a dream to be this marathon runner, to go to the Olympics and represent her country, the second country that uses the most depressants. She had a dream to go, I want to represent the United States. Her sister encouraged her. Her family encouraged her. Her friends encouraged her. Run! She has never ran, never ran a marathon before. She ended up in second place. But here's the cool thing. When those first three runners came in, they were handed the American flag. You know what they did? They draped it around themselves. And all three of those girls, number one, number two, and number three, draped the American flag around each one of them. And all of a sudden, those three girls started to say each other, who probably didn't even know each other because one girl was from Stanford, and the other one was from California, and another one was from another city. They were just acquaintances that day. But you know what they did, Greg? They said these words. And all of a sudden, I, I kid you not, Levi, I started crying. I just, I, I really did, Phil, I just started crying. Because you know what? They didn't know each other from Adam. But they said, I love you. I love you. And they interviewed the girl who worked at the coffee shop. And she started crying and she said, I get the opportunity to represent the greatest country. U-S-A. You today, you get an opportunity to represent Christ, the name above every name, that at his name every knee will bow and every tongue confess. You get an opportunity to represent the King of kings and the Lord of lords. But how do you do that? You represent him with love kindness, encouragement, support, forgiveness towards one another. As I close, a lot of times we think happiness happens when we get, but happiness happens when we give. Doing good does good for the doer. Studies show that by helping others, spending time with family and friends brings the greatest joy for happiness. Over these next few weeks, as I close, we're going to be talking about one another. Encourage one another. Pray for one another. Accept one another. Forgive one another. And love one another. Will you stand with me today? I want to pray over you today that we will represent Christ. Heather, that we represent Christ. 
that we show our love, not just by words, because talk is cheap. Talk is cheap, but action is deep. Action is deep. Faith cometh by hearing, hearing by the word. But then once you hear the word, faith without works is dead. you got to apply what you hear and put feet under your faith and start walking it out and show your love, gratitude, your support, and encouragement to one another. Because out there, two out of three people are depressed, discouraged, downcast, and hopeless. Maybe, just maybe, you could be the spark to get a fire going in someone's life again. Let me pray over you. Father, I thank you for this wonderful congregation. I pray in the name of Jesus that today, God, that you would touch them, bless them, and minister to them. Help us, Lord, adventure church to become one, one in mind, body, soul, and spirit, that we can become a church with unlimited possibilities, touching the, all the communities around us, Father, for your name's sake. It's not about us. It's about you, you moving in us, through us, and out of us. I pray in the name of Jesus that, God, you'd give us feet, God, to walk out your word, to be teachers, to be leaders, to be examples, to be representatives of you. Father, thank you for each and every individual. Help us husbands to be the husband and the priest of the home, to be the dad that we should be. Help the mom to be the mom that you want us to be, the kids to be what you want them to be, that we can be all, God, that you're calling us to be. Thank you, Father. Bless each individual. Now we pray. Go with us now. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Let's give the Lord praise. Amen. If you need prayer, there'll be people at these altars to pray with you this morning. But thank you for coming. God bless you. If you're a visitor, thank you. God bless you. Have a great day. God bless you. Thank you for listening to this week's message from Adventure Church. If this ministry has blessed you in any way, please consider supporting us. You can make an easy and safe donation on our website, www.adventurechurchsiren.com give. Thank you for your generous donation.